The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Praise the Lord and good morning. I'm Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We'd like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church, and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecasts in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world with a sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 96 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and conference and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, Please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. The church choir, under the direction of Emilia Hahn, will sing the spirited and uplifting song titled Assurance Medley. They will be ably accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Iris Locke on the organ. Yes, saints and friends, we have the blessed assurance that our Lord and Savior is always at our side. 
through the ups and downs, the good and the bad, and sunshine and the rain. He is there to lead us on to victory. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
church band under the direction of yours truly will play the song entitled God's Wonderful People. It is a thrilling and invigorating experience to gather together with God's wonderful people. For the Lord assures us that where two or three are gathered together, there am I in the midst. For where there is unity, there is victory and power. Our soul is for today's Pohaku Carter, who will give the Lord all the praises and glory, singing the song, The Still Small Voice. Doing background music will be Iris Lachlan Piano, Trustee Associate Pastor Evans Post Senior, Mason Asano singing on the guitars, and Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass. The Lord's voice can be as loud as thunder, and at other times, He whispers in the still small voice. In order to hear that still small voice, we must stop and listen. He's there to help us and answer our prayers as we fix our eyes on our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.
church choir will now perform their final number entitled Carry the Light. We praise and thank the Lord that Jesus is the light of the world. As the words to the song goes, the love of God is shining and it shatters the darkness. The Lord is my light. He will show me the way. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen.
We are blessed to have Puna Hele Kapuni perform a song on the R harp entitled Nothing But the Blood. She will be accompanied by your shulin piano. The blood of Jesus can wash away our sins and make us whole again. The Lord shed his blood on the cross of Calvary so that we may all have the promise of everlasting life. We lift his name to the highest for the supreme sacrifice he has given each and every one of us. Associate Pastor Timothy and Emilia Hahn Sr. will now sing the uplifting song, Jesus is Coming Soon. Through the signs in the heavens above and the earth beneath, we see that the second coming of the Lord is near at hand. Now is the time to serve the Lord and accept Him as your personal Savior, Master, and Lord. For today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. At this time, it is with great pleasure to dedicate this beautiful song to a dear couple who faithfully puts their shoulders to the gospel wheel. They are none other than Associate Pastor Melvin and Mrs. Lynette Honda. We pray the Lord will continue to bless and strengthen you all in the days of your life, in your walk with the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Have a wonderful and blessed Sunday.
Trouble sometimes are here, filling men's hearts with fear. Freedom will all hold in. Now is that stay? Humbling your heart to God, saves from the chastening rod. Seek the way pilgrims trod. Christians away. So many cold, losing their home of gold. Testing God's word is told, evil's above. When the signs come to pass, nearing the end at last, it will come very fast. Trumpets will sound. Jesus is coming soon, morning or night or noon. Many will meet their doom. Trumpets will sound. All of the dead shall rise. Brightest meet in the skies. soon be or happy forevermore when we meet on that shore free from all care rising up in the sky telling the world goodbye home when we then will fly glory to share Jesus is God And praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to appear at television time stations and locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station K KBVU TV Channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in Central California and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in the home state of Hawaii, Services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing service at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Palolo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanari Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Kenneth M. Alverio in Lahaina, Maui, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloy in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo Hawaiian, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotabato, Mindanao, Philippines. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who is bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. It is truly wonderful, viewers, to have you share in my sermon for today entitled, The Righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. Are you searching for the Spirit of the Lord so that He can lead and guide you in your daily endeavors? I would guarantee that one way to discover Him is through the self-same gospel taught by Jesus Himself at Galilee and being offered by yours truly in this telecast and as in all our telecasts, the past ones, the present ones, and the future ones. With your Bible in hand, we can proceed together. The ministry of Jesus spanned approximately three years. The cities of Capernaum and Tiberias that lined the Sea of Galilee can recall very vividly the profound truths of His words, His commanding presence, and the captivating effect His sermons had upon all who listened with a believing heart. Eventually, Jesus took his ministry northward to Jerusalem, and as the numbers of followers dwindled because of unbelief, more time was spent with a smaller company of committed disciples. It was in the last year of his ministry 
The time he spent preparing them for his physical absence was crucial. Today, our television ministry serves a special purpose as well. It is to prepare all believers for the unpreventable return of Jesus. Yes, the redemption of his saints is at hand, and we must be ready. Should someone ask you to define the righteousness of God? The answer is very simple. The righteousness of God is Jesus Christ. The life he lived, the words which he spoke, and that touched every heart, served as the prime example for all men to follow. At the young age of 12, he confounded the astonished and astonished the scholarly men in the temple. His response to his mother and father upon explaining his absence when they returned to Jerusalem looking for him was, how is it that he sought me? Was he not that I must be about my father's business? Can we confidently say that we are about our father's business? Therefore, it is essential that individuals who occupy positions of trust should be conscientious of their behavior in public and in private. And it begins with the religious leaders. The preacher's motto is practice what I preach and the sermon is for the preacher first. For all the preachers in the world today, I encourage you to welcome the challenge of living according to the Word of God. The Word of God has never changed, and what was required of the apostles is required of all who preach the Word of God. Yes, I will concur that society has changed in its views regarding Jesus, but we are reminded Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Many Christian leaders lack their boldness and the intestinal fortitude to stand and be counted for the name and the blood of Jesus. Believers worldwide should embrace the promises of God without reservations and live as though they knew Jesus were returning tomorrow. As believers, we must understand that any teaching or lifestyle that is contrary to God's word is not of the Lord. God is the originator of the gospel, and Jesus is the focal point of salvation. Rereading Galatians 1, 10 to 12. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For the true servant of God, there is no other gospel. There is no other way. In God's eyes, there is no substitute for righteousness, which makes the necessity of water baptism all the more important. To be saved through grace is a revelation from God, and the church today is led by God himself through the power of the Holy Ghost. Has the power of God diminished? And is it now rendered powerless to present the lifestyles and achievements of mankind? Of course not. Jesus is alive and he lives within us. All believers should be anticipating the greatest event the world will ever witness, 
That is the glorious return of Jesus Christ. His first appearance in the second advent will be to gather the saved from the lost and dying world. The calling of God's people home on that resurrection morn will unite the dead in Christ with all the living who await his return. Yes, the scriptures tell us, when the call is made, come up hither, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up with them to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. The exhilaration the rapture produces should be evident in the lives of every true born-again believer. The question, are we ready for his return? And are we living the kind of life approved by God? Are what puzzles and divides the Christian realm? It would be wrongful of me to say, you are saved by faith alone, or being a prudent man with apparent Christian principles is sufficient for salvation. It would be easy for me to evade the straight and narrow path by saying all denominations preach the same doctrine, but in reality, we know it is not true. I implore you to allow the Holy Ghost to enlighten you to the truth about salvation. I am sure you are familiar with the Pharisee, Saul of Tarsus, who was on the vengeful path of persecuting the church. However, he was enlightened by God in a face-to-face -face encounter with Jesus while traveling to Damascus. Once enlightened, Paul, the apostle, sought to spread the gospel and made it his sole purpose in life to preserve and perpetuate it. The point being made is that we read the same Bible and seek after the promise of eternal life, but we are likened unto Saul or likened to Paul. Paul agreed as to the necessity of water baptism, emphasized that it be done in the name of Jesus. On the other hand, Saul was staunch and rigid in the religion of his forefathers. Let me remind you, television viewers, that the names found in the Lamb's Book of Life are of those who have taken on the name of Jesus in water baptism, just as Paul did. Jesus instructed Nicodemus, another Pharisee, as recorded in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. What we preach today, Paul preached then. The revelation given to Peter speaks of being born again, as we read in Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Paul the Apostle, through his love for righteousness, diverted all his efforts into doing what Jesus wanted him to do, which was repent. Believe, be baptized of water and of the Spirit, and thus be saved through the name of Jesus. The significance of Paul's turnabout to support the preaching of Jesus Christ occurred quite suddenly and unexpectedly. That those who believed in Jesus were at very first very cautious and skeptical about Paul's conversion because Saul's arrogance, unchallenged authority, Mastery of the law and mannerism disallowed anything but the Jewish religion. His sudden about-face confession of his well-meaning ignorance reads as follows in Acts 26, verse 9. I've already thought with myself, 
that I ought to do many things contrary, meaning against, to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Totally immersed in unbelief that is with his own light, his unyielding and implacable spirit led him to vigorously pursue the followers of Jesus into Damascus. Well, on this pursuit, he and his companions were surrounded and struck down by an overbearing light. In this light, God's voice spoke. The voice said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? I am Jesus whom thou persecutest. The experience was overwhelming, and it was as if he was in the presence of God, bodily and spiritually. The encounter made him aware of his misguided efforts, such that he instantly repented and said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Yes, Paul's experience brought about repentance, and the purpose for the word is fulfilled when a soul repents and is baptized. In his new life in Christ, the change in Paul was apparent as he boldly stood defending his enlightened faith regarding the promise ensued by their forefathers. Paul writes in Acts 26, 6-7, And now I stand and am judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers, unto which promise our twelve tribes, instantly serving God day and night, hope to come. For which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jews. I ask you to weigh carefully the words of Paul, the apostle, with your present spiritual status and views. And if differences exist, may a sense of utmost urgency in obeying the gospel of good news be absolutely paramount. In addition, please take note of Paul's tactful approach in persuading his persecutors to Christ as he employed the knowledge of his excuses to incriminate themselves by turning their assault into self-conviction, emphasizing the hope of their forefathers, which Paul desired for himself and all of Israel. The preaching of Jesus Christ made the promise which they both longed for achievable. Along those lines, Peter focused on the importance of the name of Jesus as we read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Paul gave up his traditional belief for the gospel of Christ. He confessed in Romans 1.17, For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. Won't you do the same to assure your salvation today? Jesus instructed the disciples thus in Matthew 6.33. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. He wanted the disciples to consider the circumstances they face and weigh them against the value of their souls. Jesus wanted them to realize the things that were tangible and the things that were not. He opened their awareness to compare the immeasurable value of eternal life with the temporal things and see how worthless such things were. Jesus relayed the atmosphere then, which is how the power to influence unbelievers into righteousness can be lost 
when believers lose sight of the hope of their calling and participate in willful sin. Paul admonishes his one-time peers. Let us read in Romans, the second chapter, 17 to 21 and 24. Behold, thou art called a Jew, and restest in the law, and makest thy boast of God, and knowest his will, and approves the things that are more excellent, being instructed out of the law, and art confident that thou thyself are a guide of the blind, and a light of them which are in darkness, an instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, which had the form of knowledge and of the truth in the law. Thou, therefore, which teachest another, teachest thou not thyself? Thou that preachest a man should not steal, dost thou steal? For the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles through you as it is written. The adage that says, do as I say and not as I do, should never proceed out of the mouth of lips of true born-again Christians. Jesus is alive and dwells within the body of Christ through the Holy Ghost, which is Jesus himself, the spirit that was poured out upon the 120 while in the upper chamber. On the day of Pentecost is the self-same spirit that dwells within those who love him still. It is the self-same spirit that administers the gifts of God to govern his church, that it may present itself spotless and blameless when it stands before him in judgment. It is the self-same spirit whose fruits of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance that establish the foundation of godly living. Therefore, God does not want his shepherds nor his flock to be of a superficial nature, but to be down to earth, honest, full of integrity, sincere, prayerful, watchful, Holy Ghost filled and inspired. In Paul's epistle to Titus, he renders instructions on what pastors ought to be. We read in Titus 2, 7 through 8, in all things showing the self a pattern of good works in doctrine, showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. In God, there are no double standards. We encourage every believer to live a life that is holy and acceptable unto God. We are able to do it with confidence and conviction because we have done it ourselves quite successfully. What ought to be true of every believer in the body of Christ should be true of every pastor or minister. God has set high standards for those whom he has prepared and chosen to preach his word. The magnitude of responsibility for a pastor is very demanding. However, the beauty here is that God also gives adequate strength in proportion or in measure to the responsibilities given. We must remind ourselves that we cannot change the qualifications of the servants of God, let alone change the qualifications for salvation. Let us read in 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 17 to 19. For the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. 
And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of them that obey not the gospel of God? And if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him, well-doing as unto a faithful creator. Good leadership is essential to pastoring and one should lead by example. A good leader was once a good follower. As an apprentice of sort, he followed instructions and responded in a positive manner to correction. He was not stubborn or obstinate, but in fact was humble, conscientious, and eager to learn. His goal was not to flaunt success, but to exercise and develop his talent. He often recalled the scripture found in Proverbs 15, 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. Therefore, he identified himself with the goals and objectives and was willing to sacrifice a part of himself to obtain those goals. Then when it was time to receive the scepter, this person was well-versed and molded to accept the responsibility of caring for his flock. God has charged each of his pastors with caring for, leading, guiding, instructing, and directing the flock. Therefore, their conduct in that honorable office must be guarded in spiritual maturity, in personality, appearance, tactfulness, self-control, courage, authority, planning, self-motivation, and a confident attitude that nothing is impossible with God. Yes, the pastors who are anointed of God have been given the grace to feed his sheep and to feed his lambs, the pure word of God, through the power of the Holy Ghost. Read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 2 to 4, Feed the flock of God which is among you, taking the oversight thereof, not by constraint, but willingly, not for filthy lucre, but of a ready mind, neither as being lords over God's heritage, but being the examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd shall appear, ye shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. Therefore, we must be an example in the eyes of those whom we lead in prayer, sacrifice, perseverance, fasting, and long-suffering as we wait for the coming of the Lord. The psalmist writes in Psalm 118, 24, This is the day which the Lord hath made, we will rejoice and be glad in it. I ask you, our viewers, are you on the victory side of things? Don't you think that there is enough turmoil and sorrow in the world? Should the Christians in this world be adding to that situation? When tasks appear to be hard and overwhelming, is the joy of the Lord your strength? When tests and trials come your way, Will you remember the comfort found in 1 Corinthians, the 10th chapter and the 13th verse that reads, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape, that he may be able to bear it. The victory and the promise of God are nigh at hand. The congregation is encouraged to rise above all the things that depress them, and get excited about the heavenly things. Jesus is alive, and He is coming again. 
What greater incentive can there be which keeps the people of God on that straight and narrow path leading to the kingdom of God? Yes, it is no secret what God can do. What He can do for me, He can do for you as well. Some have told me that they suffer from stress and become depressed and distraught as a result of it. In my vocabulary, there's no such word as stress. The world is carefully watching how believers handle themselves in similar situations that of the world are experiencing. Our successes through Christ will open the eyes of the unsaved and many very well bring them to salvation. How can the light of Jesus shine in this dark world of unbelief if believers have no stamina for their faith? Letting others see Jesus in us doing our facet of our lives is the greatest testimony we can ever be. Turn to Galatians chapter 2, verse 20. We read, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. There is no substitute for righteousness outside the name of Jesus. Paul was able to willingly give up his former life for a new life in Jesus. Grace performed its work. And those traditions played an important part in his life. Paul now saw the importance of faith. Thus, he saw Jesus through the eyes of that faith. When Jesus went to the cross, he paid the price for sin. As a result, we have access to eternal life through faith in him. When we crucify ourselves with Christ, we bring an end to the former life, including the affections and lusts of the world. And we are willing to live with Jesus at the helm of our hearts. It is unfortunate that many wish to have a relationship with Jesus. However, they desire it on their own terms. Remember, to deviate from the gospel is to embrace another. Paul warned the church at Galatia about this, and the warning still stands today for the born-again Christian. Jesus' life, death, burial, resurrection, ascension into heaven, and his soon return in clouds of glory altogether will bring us to eternal life. Reading Ephesians 4, 1-3, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all holiness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And apart about this true fact, about this true faith is the old nature is not hidden, nor is it a result of a makeover, like one was a product of a beauty salon. The new man is Jesus, formed in the believer. As we repent, Jesus forgive and removes our sins as far as the east is from the west. With a new and improved view of Jesus, a believer cultivates good attitudes and his or her own desire is what is best for the church. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come to your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of his hands. We conclude our telecast with the inspiring and spirited number played by the church band entitled Baptized into the Body.
preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.